The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. It is 7.57 on The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Now is this another train? No, we're oh. chasing cars now. Okay. <laughs> it's been cars and trains all morning. I don't know why. We need planes next, and yeah, we'll okay. be good. All right, all right. Um, you know what? Coming up at 8.05, I told you uh, Billy Brennan will be joining us, but he's, he's actually in the studio right now. So I want to introduce you to everybody once again. Billy, welcome to the show. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, sir. Thanks for coming back. Now, you are a former nuclear missile officer and combat crew commander from the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. Air Force. Retired here? That's right. Not retired fully. Uh <laughs> Dreaming about it. I wish, especially <laughs> in days like today. But yeah. uh, no, still working, still working in infrastructure. Okay. All right. So we're going to be talking a little bit. I, I played a clip um, by Corey Mills in an in interview. Did you have it? have a chance to listen to that at all? I did. I was listening was to it again. Was he on target? Totally. Totally on target. Totally so, on target. And I a couple of to... things that he missed, too. Oh, okay. Which was surprising. But, I mean, he hit all the high points. But there's two things going on right now, too, that between Pakistan and India. India is under a lot of pressure by the U.S. government to mm. come out and denounce Russia. Mm-hmm. And they haven't yet. The other thing mm. is that if you take a look what's going on in India with regards to uh, the Prime Minister Khan, mm-hmm. he's under a lot of pressure mm. right now. So, And they're saying in country that that's all U.S. backed in order to destabilize Pakistan. So this whole Silk Road has been being built for the last two decades. And all of these ports, India is the odd man out in this. They're surrounded literally by the Chinese Navy in all these ports when you go from China and across the Middle East into that eastern part. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, you know, we're at a point where all of this is converging at once. You know what? It just reminds me of when that that freighter ship went transverse in the Suez Canal. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did that have something to do with all this? No. No? You, who knows? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> I was just wondering. Uh, you I was never like, know. Is, like, who does I think that? it was just a bad captain, honestly. You think but, so? Yeah, maybe. Probably. Okay. Not everything is something. Right. Okay. <laughs> Billy Brennan uh, will be back in just a few moments. Uh, We'll get an update on the Ukraine-Russian crisis from his perspective when we come back. Nikki? Yeah, good morning. Did you have something to tell me? Well, no, I I, I wanted to play something for your guest. I wanted to see. Oh, okay. Well, Billy Brennan is our guest, former nuclear missile officer and combat crew commander in the U.S. Air Force. Yes. All right. I, I have to ask, because this is something that probably Liz and I grew up with. As far as the movie's concerned, not sure if you're real familiar with it, but here we go. Oh, here we go. Yep, I'm going to play this for you, and I just want to know, <laughs> how close to the truth was this movie? Okay. Okay, ready? Little clip. Here we go. Yes, they do. How can I talk? <laughs> it's not a real voice. He knows uh, what I'm doing. Kn- you know what I'm doing, right? Sure, war games. War games, Master Broderick. Shall yeah. we play a game? So, <laughs> you know the movie. So, is that something that could have actually happened? No, not okay. even close. Darn it. No. <laughs> Good movie, though. Yes! I thought, I thought Corbin was a great general. Didn't, didn't you think he was? Very he was Corbin? fantastic. Yes! Okay, thank you. What are you about, speaking of generals, what, what do you think about the uh, the name that makes everyone shudder, the new Russian general that's been um, deployed, and we heard there's a convoy coming back into Ukraine? Maybe give us a, a, a roundabout update. We, heard, we last heard that uh, Russian forces were... Um, 
going away right. and retracting. And then people said, oh, wait a minute. They're not running scared. They're just going back to refuel. What was your take? So Dvornikov has been around and on the scene uh, the whole time. He's been down in the Crimea region and part of that southern command. Okay, so they call him the Butcher of Syria. That's right, because what he did in Aleppo. And so he leveled the place. Mm -hmm. And so this is more of a symbolic uh, gesture by Putin, again, to say, um, folks, if you think it's been bad and you've watched what we've done so far and now that we've started to attack civilian sites, you haven't seen anything yet because he will turn him, you know, on the on, you know, full on the dial Mm. and let him go. You know, Billy, um, there was a, a lot of what happened in Bucha. Yes. Uh, we, we, you know, that was the big news last week. And they said there are more places like that. And if you, you know, like you said, like if you thought that was bad, uh, there was talk by one person that was interviewed that said that they weren't Russian soldiers. They were Chechnyan or Syrian soldiers. Can you explain that at all? Sure. So um, what they've done is they've been, in, they've brought in conscript, conscripted soldiers from all over Chechnya, um, Syria. Mm-hmm. So they've they've bought in, you know, who were the who were the brutal frontline fighters that they can bring in? Most of the what I'll call the elite Russian army is based in Moscow. Now, they're sending three regiments. And the reason that they're based in Moscow is because Putin wants them there, because God forbid, if anybody did try to overthrow uh, those troops are very loyal Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, his government. Okay. So, but what he's doing now, he's sending three regiments into the southern region. Now. Now, yeah. And that's the first. So now he's going to start to send, you know, the real elite troops. They never thought that there was going to be a fight to this level. Nobody did. Russia didn't think so. I don't think the Ukrainians even thought that themselves, but certainly NATO didn't. And mm-hmm. the U.S. State Department absolutely Wait, did we not. We kept hearing they were going to take over Kiev and assassinate Zelensky in three days. Yeah. And, and, I, and I mean, it goes back to Lloyd Austin and the crew in the Pentagon absolutely making the, the, you know, a horrific call with regards to this. But in 47 days or 48 days, now they're taking a look and saying, well, wait a minute, maybe there is a chance that Ukraine can actually hold out and win. So I don't even think that we're going to get to this issue, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where, you know, that whole eastern part and the southern part and Russia just says, OK, you know what, we've got what we want for now and we'll pull back. That's not going to be the case at all. And you see that with the retrenchment, pulling back troops from the Kiev region mm-hmm. and now repositioning and now bringing in other fighters into the mix, both in the south and the east. What do you think is going to happen here? Good because question. I don't think anybody— You mentioned quite before the storm in your email to me. Um, what does that exactly mean? I think it's a full frontal offensive. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, Putin, at this point, he needs to save face. And not only needs to save face, most importantly, within his own country, so his electorate doesn't turn against him, mm-hmm. but also with regards to what, what you guys were playing earlier today, that alliance between China, Iran— Venezuela, all North Korea, all the bad actors in the world. Mm-hmm. When Putin came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna, we're going to a ruble payment," that that should have sent alarm bells off with everybody. I, was, I just mentioned that because that happened like last week sometime, yeah. and he was in the off in some having some kind of press conference, and I said, 
What does this mean exactly? Are they trying to get rid of the American dollar? Well, it's a petrodollar. And you think about that. So that we, when we went off the gold standard, we've been on a petrodollar for, for, you know, God, since the Nixon administration. So now by doing that, you now have a competitive currency and he can take China. China will buy his oil. And what's being done with regards to the whole Iranian um, negotiations, all that is is a backdoor for Russia to funnel their oil through Venezuela, through Iran. And so at the end of the day, yeah, this could be – they want to destabilize the dollar in the, their opinion. And so you've got this alliance, this geopolitical alliance that's being formed right now that they're taking a look at how they can support each other. And the underlying piece to that is energy. And we're going the absolute wrong way with regards to energy and mm-hmm. what we want to do um, with you know, electric vehicles versus – All by design. All too. by design. Yep. I mean it's, it's all planned out. And they're taking a look. When, and whether it's 30 years or 50 years, mm-hmm. um, they realize that if you have the energy, you've got the power. You mentioned before we went to break that Corey Mills that you know, referred to that interview yeah. um, actually missed something in what yeah. he was talking about. What yeah. was it? So, so the whole – India and Pakistan are two nuclear countries mm-hmm. that do not like each other. And India borders with China. So people forget that about a decade ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that, um, you, know, you had this exodus of the Indian population out of the northern part of the country because China cut off the water from the Himalayas to India, mm. forcing people southward. Because they said, hey, you know what? That's our water. It's not a shared resource. Mm -hmm. So countries usually have compacts between them with regards to, you know, rivers or surface waters that run where everybody is taking water off. And in that situation, um, China basically shut the door on them. So India is not a friend to China, Mm -hmm. but India now knows that they're surrounded. And when you've got that feeling where that encroachment's coming in, um, it's it's going to be a battle for survival. So, what are you? What side do you think India would fall fall on? You know, India's, their people are suffering so much. India's there. trying to be. You know, they're, they're, they've got to be. This is where diplomacy really comes into into play. As far as you know, who's your neighbor? You mm-hmm. want to be friends with your neighbors, mm-hmm. um, but you also want to set those boundaries too. That you're not going to be steamrolled and just be an annexed state. You know, where resources and and manufacturing and everything else gets sucked through to whoever has the biggest checkbook. Mm -hmm. And that's what China's done around the world. I mean, they're doing it in our backyard. In the Caribbean right now, they're doing it in South America. Mm -hmm. and um, Italy. Yeah, we've turned a blind eye. Yeah. We're speaking with Billy Brennan, former nuclear missile officer and combat crew commander in the U.S. Air Force. Um, You know, one of the... um, uh, other things that I wanted to ask you about in in regards to China is are these islands that they have built up, and uh, we've been hearing more and more that they're being militarized and uh, positioned with uh, nuclear weaponry. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um, most likely, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And when you say it's funny when you say these islands are being built up, mm-hmm. they're actually physically building the islands. Right. The islands haven't existed. Yeah, they're just creating these in, in the. What, they're creating in the infrastructure yeah. in order to put military assets on, how, how as far as long range that? bombers. Yeah, it's look, actually kind of fascinating. It is how you can do that. It can't be good for the environment. 
Probably not. No. No, the and coral reefs probably don't like the fact that there's another is, island that pops up. That's what I'm saying. But. So, like, you know, why are we doing, if we're so environmentally climate change crazy, right? why do we even do anything with a, with a country that is so brutal to its people, to the Muslim min- minority, the Uyghurs that sure. we've heard about? Um, why do we constantly child labor and... Well, let's unpack that in two ways, because yeah. the thing is, you know, it, we have the, we've got the EPA. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. And then it goes down to the state and people are always complaining about I can't get anything done because either at the state level or the federal level, um, you know, the environmentalists step in. And then mm-hmm. you have all these other organizations that you can sue mm-hmm. that can come in and stop a project and right. stop whatever. Right. Lawsuits. And, that doesn't happen yeah. in China. Mm-hmm. OK. So, I mean, China will sit China there. China builds everything. They'll, 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 they'll sign an accord and say, sure. But, but again, where's the oversight? But they own everything. True. And they own everybody's debt at mm-hmm. the same time. So, the, the, you know, the realization is that on the surface, sure, we can sign up to it. But, in the, you know, the reality is the backdoor piece is that, you know, we're the ones that are buying your country's debt. And so if we stop, good luck. Who's mm-hmm. going to fund you? Mm. All right. Um, Not to mention, when they sign these accords, most of their stuff is always deferred for decades. Right. You it's know. pushed out. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll you be take green a look at by numbers. 2050 or 2050 is a big number. Yeah. 2030, yeah. you know, now the 2030 is actually snuck up on yeah. us. The whole green thing is a money grab anyway. It's garbage. Uh, it is. You know, look, it, there's a way to do this, and there's always ways to do things better. But at the end of the day, capitalism, allow the market to, to, to bring those things and don't force it down our throat. And force feed us and try and push us into electric vehicles and all the other stuff that's going Which on. Which is right not now. greener anyway. No, it's the not whole because process. the batteries and, and how you get rid of Liz the batteries. And, and, this and for, now yeah. you have to, the mining has to expand in yeah. order to get the, you know, those types of materials. And, you know, we're short on rare earth because, as I sent to you guys over the weekend, yeah. you know, the Clinton, this all started in the Clinton administration. We have plenty of oil then, right here, by the way. Right. Nick, what was it that you were telling me um, this morning about? How some people are guessing that it has something to do with Hillary's misgivings. Okay, back to the Uranium One thing. Sure. Do you remember the sale? Sure. That a lot of this, part of this, not a lot, but yeah. part of this is covering up all the dirty deeds with the Clintons into the uh, Obama administration when right. she was secretary and the Clinton Foundation, which has now been re- you know resurrected. So is there any truth to that? Tom Fitton, the Judicial Watch guy, he says it is. Yeah, no, he Tom Fitton's you know, spot on. So it, it has a lot to do with the, with the Clinton thing and all. A okay. lot, there a lot, go. and that's where when we started to give up our rare earth metals, mm-hmm. that that was a national security issue. That should have never ever happened. Apparently, it's it's bad for the environment to mine for these rare earth minerals, and they depending on what type of mining it is, and then they sent it all to China. And yeah. then all of our local um, one, you know, the ones in the United States in California, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. look, yeah, yeah, up. it's funny. I work with the mining industry on a lot of water issues, and I, I've seen them become cleaner. Mm. Um, but you're still, you know, at the end of the day, you're still digging up the earth, or you know, you're, you're dredging, banging rocks together. You can extract uranium in situ in water and pull that uranium out through acids. So there's ways to do this. But in, look, these are all chemicals, and what you do as far as the disposal. And what you actually do to the land and then the runoff of that water. And where's that water ultimately end up as far as groundwater? And, it, you know, you can contaminate things literally hundreds of miles away mm. if you're not doing this the right way. So, 
Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I know. But that's why when you have uh, countries like India, Pakistan, and China, they're, they're just ravaging no, it's the open, earth. No, it's open pit. It's, it's, it's open pit, and it doesn't have the same standards or metrics that they have in Canada, have in the United States and other places. Do you have uh, time to stick around? Sure. One more little segment. Yep. We'll be back with Billy Brennan in a moment. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Back in a bit on Talk 94.5. Just have a few minutes here, Billy. I wanted to finish up with Billy Brennan. What is the global fallout from what is going on? You know, we talk about inflation. I think it's, what, 7.9% now? That's right. Yeah. What do you see happening with the, uh, is inflation going to get worse or are shortages going to get worse? I, well, inflation's just continue to march forward. And it's not just inflation here in the United States. It's inflation globally. Mm-hmm. So when people start to realize and, and peel this back and say, how is all this interconnected? Mm. Um, energy's an underlying input to this. So that's one step of it. Um, secondly, when you take a look at the breadbasket of Ukraine and what it means to the surrounding region as far as food supplies – then that pushes that further, you know, further ahead, um, and also into Europe as well. But as far as fertilizer, the underlying fertilizer industry, you're starting to see reports come out where the farmers are saying, "Look, we have a shortage of it here. We're going to have to fallow fields. Um, we're not going to be able to grow as much. All of these things and all the inputs." And farmers are some of the smartest people you will ever meet with mm-hmm. regards to running a business. Um, but and when they start to sound the alarm, this allowed there's a problem. And and Biden came out a couple of weeks ago and just, you know, I, I off the cuff said, look, we're going to have food shortages. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so gonna if, it's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. Right. It's And he said it in a very matter of fact way. So um, people better realize this doesn't mean you go out and clear out, the, clear out the, you know, the shelves at the food market. What does it mean, Billy? It means that we're going to be continue to pay a higher price. I mean, mm-hmm. what we're doing with the strategic reserve right now is the wrong thing. If we deplete that to a point and then, you know, something even more serious happens and we don't have an oil reserve, I mean, you could see that it go from $5 to $10 literally mm-hmm. overnight as we as we burn through that. So all of these things. But, you know, one, Liz, one thing, Liz, that I wanted to talk to you and Nick about is that, you know, what's the impact as far as um, wheat? Mm-hmm. Wheat and fertilizer. So what happened in the Arab Springs a decade ago, that was food, a food supply and water issue. Um, we're going to run into this with corn, soybeans, um, livestock feed, and fertilizer. So those, those are the things that people – and they're all underlying staples as far as manufacturing for basic foods. Yeah. There, there was a guy that I saw his tweet. It was earlier last week, and he had said that we're basically on a 90-day food supply, the entire globe. 90 days. Yeah. And when you interrupt that, you interrupt a lot of things. And obviously the poor nations will feel it first. Yep. But it's coming here. Yeah. And it, and it is. And that's why the, the global supply chain that they, you know, they tried to build and, and by that, that was going to ensure peace in the world and everybody's interdependent mm-hmm. on each other. That whole thing has been blown apart. Blown uh, it's, apart. It's, it's shocking to me that the people in the know would ever, you know, in your life who you can trust and who you won't trust. Right. How I trust my think, wife implicitly. <laughs> how how do these people think you can trust a leader in Iran or a leader in China? Like, what are they thinking? They're kidding themselves as far as, well, you know, look, diplomacy on some levels, it, it's always needed. 
um, and you try to, but not with the food or no, the, no, 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 or the or, or the medicine, rare, the rare um, medicines, yeah, and also like the basis you need for uh, military equipment and weaponry, right. steel. Well, I and mean, all look, that. look, Nick, you bring up medicines. I mean, look what China's been doing as far as mm-hmm. you know. It's just that that market for inputs into generic medicine and people thinking they're getting something and you know they're buying one thing and they're getting something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this has been going on for a while. Yeah, well, we've right? heard about China poisoning uh, the baby food. Remember the baby yeah. uh, formula, pet food, yep. pet food mm-hmm. and bones, and, and again, I, nobody no buys anything. From, oversight. Yeah, none. Okay, zero. Yep. So you're going to have uh, you're going to see these social disruptions start to flare up certain parts of the world. Um, I think South Africa or, not, or Africa, East Africa, uh, pardon me, is going to be one section that people need to keep their eye on. Mm. Okay, and South America too. I mean, inflation's going to run there, and they've got the energy well, they, fees. But I mean, that's I have already heard run away. Years ago, that wars are going to be fought over clean water. Rather than oil. Yeah, they've been saying that for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to see that that may be the case. And you yeah. take a look at what we're going through in the drought in the West and the migration of people, people moving away from California. Why? Because, you know, the cost of input, all of those things. And they're Restrictions. Trying, yeah, and, and they're going to move to places, mm-hmm. Gallo, Mark Anthony. Why did they come to Columbia? Because mm-hmm. they know. And why, why did all the breweries from out West come into North Carolina, South Carolina area? Because there's an abundance of water. Interesting, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not by accident, folks. And you are a water expert in your second round of life. Some people think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, we've just begun to peel the, the layers of uh, Billy Brennan uh, here. But thank you so much. Oh, it's great Appreciate to be with it. you guys. Have a great week. Happy Easter to everyone out there. Yes. Happy, Happy Easter, Easter to you. And uh, we'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. All right. Coming up next, the Supreme Report with Tom Winslow. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Back in a bit. On Talk 94.5.